The Morning Struggle podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.blueclovertherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life and build a better you. Stay tuned. I'll do that today. You'll do what today? Order some coffee from some of the places that folks have suggested. I actually totally spaced it until exactly this moment. All right. So we can actually do some coffee reviews. People are going to listen in the middle of our conversation. Yeah. We're just going to, we're just started the episode mm-hmm. in like, it's like you walked into a room and someone already had a conversation, but you can't really leave. It's awkward. Right. And they kind of just kind of ignore that you're there. <laughs> that's, that's what we're, how we're going to start this episode this morning. Yeah. Just that's, to really make it really awkward. All right. Well, there, I there you put go. Things on my to-do list. Oh, hey everybody. We didn't see you there. Oh my goodness. How are you? Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast. I'm Ty. I'm Jesse. And we bring you habits of successful people. Yep. We're in season three. We're, yeah, we are. We're diving deep into some exciting. deep habits. Yeah. We're giving you some kind of in your brain stuff. So what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about, it depends on, I actually have two titles. Moral license. Which nobody cares about. Well, people care about it. And then the moral mind games. Mind games. Yes. People love the mind <laughs> Does it games. make it cool? I Absolutely. mean, it's, it's the same thing. It's yeah. the same thing. We're talking but... about moral mind games. Mm-hmm. So how you manipulate other people, how people manipulate you. No, this is mainly how we manipulate ourselves. Oh, to allow ourselves certain behaviors that are probably not very good. Okay. Mine kind of falls in then. My history kind of falls in. Oh, nice. Because it's like other people manipulating you too. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing with this is it's allowing yourself to do certain behaviors that affect other people. And then people are like, what are you doing? This Okay, mine's perfect then. My oh, his, perfect. My history okay. segment's perfect. Yeah. As you can tell, Jesse and I, we really coordinate. Oh, my we gosh, We really so sit much. down. We talk about this yeah. stuff. We hash it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no. We just like come up with it. We don't talk. We do our individual segment stuff and hopefully <laughs> it meshes. I did send you an email yesterday morning that you didn't read. To what email? The, the, that I said the moral mind games, that that was, that was what, this is what I was going to talk about. Oh, I, I spam you. You're just you're spammed. <laughs> you spam me? Yeah, too I'm many. Wife, too many, man. too many emails. You, um, I figure if it's important, you'll... You'll you'll call me with the phone I don't have anymore. I so, know that's ridiculous. Good. How am I All supposed right. to communicate with you? Right, let's get into let's get into the history, the science, and the action plan of moral mind games. This day in history. All right. When you think of some of the most cynical, manipulative, hardcore experiments, yeah, you think of two groups of people. What Nazis? Yes. And what's the second? Um, Ivy League professors. It's just <laughs> where it's at. So we're gonna it's go over. We're gonna go over good. one of them, oh and maybe goodness. maybe two uh, if we have time. But we're gonna go over the Milgram experiment. Yeah, and then if we have time, we'll go over the Stanford experiment. Hold on, are you dancing in the psychology circle? Yeah. Oh, I'm moving into your zone. Oh no, you better back up. Yeah. So I actually learned about these studies. We researched these studies mm-hmm. in my women's studies class, which was not what I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> So, oh yeah, back in the day. No, this this is actually recent in my my new cl- my new school. I'm back in school, everybody. Yes, getting so, a master's degree, right? 
um, you no, see how much high, we talk. My, my high talk. school degree, yeah. <laughs> so well, we we talked about this in my ethics class, and they're oh. they're fascinating studies. Isn't it cool? So let's get into the Milgram experiment. All right. So the, this was one of the most famous studies on manipulation and obedience mm-hmm. from Yale. Yes. Yeah. So a, a psychologist professor at Yale University conducted this experiment on obedience to authority. This was in 1963. Uh, this was right after World War II. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of determining why genocide happened for the mid-rank Nazis. So yes. why, why yeah. as a mid-rank Nazi would you commit these genocidal acts, you know, after being ordered? Wouldn't someone's moral you know, autonomy come through. Right. And so they, he did 18 different variations of the study. And, oh, sorry, it was, uh, began in 1961, oh, on July okay. 1961. And this was after the trial of uh, Adolf Eichmann. He was one of the, the most genocidal, um, homicidal SS really, officers really awful. in, yeah, in, really in awful. the Nazi camp. So Milgram decided to... Oh, no, this was 1963. The, the, the trial was 1961. If you are looking for dates, don't talk to me. <laughs> talk to someone who's got a date book. There we go. So anyway, uh, so this is, this is what happened. Two, uh, or a person, he got hundreds of people in this study, 18 different variations, but you'd show up mm-hmm. and the experimenter Milgram and yeah. you would draw straws for teacher... And student. Okay. But it was fixed. So the if the person coming in would always be the teacher. Okay. And Milgram would always be the student. Okay. So then you would see the student being strapped to a chair mm-hmm. with electrodes, like electroshock electrodes on right. their body. Mm-hmm. And then they would put you into a different room. Okay. And then they would get this machine that went from 15 volts to 450 volts. Okay, but not really. But not really. But, yeah. but you thought it was. Yeah, as the teacher. You remember, and then the, the, the student would learn a pair of words. Mm-hmm. So time machine. And then they'd learn a list of these words, mm-hmm. uh, supposedly. Right. And then you, as the teacher, would get on an intercom and you would give a list of four double words. Okay. You'd say time stamp, time machine, time whatever. Right. And then they would have to say which one was the pair. Mm-hmm. And they'd always get it wrong. Okay. When they get it wrong, you give them a shock. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you have to turn up the power. Um, and they wanted to see how long people would turn up the power. Right. At what point would you stop? Because they said 15 was a little light shock and 450 was deadly. So th- It was deadly? Yeah. They told people that? If you have like 15 this minutes or six minutes or whatever it is, there's a YouTube video on this. It is fascinating. And it is very and totally not okay now. You can't do you can't this do these at you all can't anymore. do these studies anymore. They're like this is <laughs> the sixties was like free reigns for like psychology. But go ahead, go on. Yeah. So so they um and then it, if the person said I, I we can't do this anymore, I'm gonna stop. I'm not gonna do this. Right. The they just give four specific phrases. Please continue. This requirement ex- uh, requires you. This experiment requires you to continue. It is absolutely essential that you continue, or you have no other choice but to continue. And Oof. they go down those four lists. Yeah, which is probably what you would f- get in Nazi internment camp. You know, like hey, you have no this choice. What we do. Go. This, this is what your we do. order. Hey, you gotta yeah. do it. You're ordered now. Yeah. So they found um, that 65 percent, two thirds. Of the participants, which were the teachers, mm-hmm. continued to the highest level of 450 volts. Whoa. And all participants continued to 300 volts. Oh 
Whoa, and all the, of them? The icing on the cake is uh-huh. when they would deliver a shock, they would hear the learner screaming oh in the gosh. background. So they'd put oh. the shock and that the experimenters would have the guy scream yeah, like like in pain and say, please stop, all this different stuff. And they had, then the um, person would tell them to continue. Oh, wow. And so even like being part of that agony? Yep. The, the majority or all of them got to 300 that is all of them got what? to 300 and oh you'll see gosh. these people people turn around like Aww. hey i i don't we shouldn't do this anymore and then they would because they have that moral they would lift, sense yeah. they would live list those four phrases mm-hmm. and you would see people they'd like they'd be like putting their hands on their head and like putting their head down and and then they'd push the button and Aww. then they'd go on to the next one and they'd they turn around like we we gotta stop and they would just give those four sentences oh, yeah, wow. you have to proceed and they push the button and they turn up the volts. It was a it was amazing to watch. And you say, "Well, I'm I'm not that person. I would I would stop. I, I would, would do save that. that person." But odds are, when you're in situa- speaking, statistically speaking, yeah. we are not those people. And so, um, agentic state is it's called an agentic state. Okay, I, I believe I'm believe I'm pronouncing that right. I'm not sorry, everybody. Um, but just you allow people to direct your actions and then pass off the responsibility onto them. So you have to feel that the person telling you what to do is legitimate, right. that they are the authority, right. and that they will take responsibility. Once you get people to believe those two things, uh-huh. you can kind of get them to do whatever you want. Oh, wow. Is what this experiment. Even harming another person. Even even harming another person. Wow. So that's the Milgram experiment. And gave all those kids PTSD. Yeah. That, because that's why you can't do those experiments anymore. Because those poor kids are like, I'm moral. Yep. And then... I'm I'm a good I'm a good I'm a kid good person. Yeah, and then they just shocked someone or believed they were shocking and hurting yep. another human being. And then the Stanford Holy experiment, cow. you sh- everybody's probably heard of, right? Um, it was Stanford the prison experiment. So interesting though. Yeah, if you've got another, I think it's like 20 minute video. Watch it; it's on YouTube. That's an interesting one. We we won't go to that one, but yeah, Stanford, Yale, all these really fancy. It is a really interesting experiments that you cannot they, do that anymore. You are as unethical. And Stanford, at least in that one, he wanted to see the you know the reason why the Holocaust genocides happen. Right. I couldn't really find, and the video didn't really go into it, and the research we did, we couldn't really find why Doctor Zimbardo actually did this experiment. The Stan- he, the Stanford yeah, the prison he became like the prison warden. He like half the kids uh-huh. became guards, half the kids became prisoners. Oh, and it got out of hand. They had a riot on day two. Uh-huh. They had kids breaking down. Like, well, yeah, but but think about that. So I know it sounds really bad, but think about putting that experiment in where you're you're putting people into roles, and it doesn't matter. It was completely random. It was, it was random, and then everybody falls into their roles. Mm-hmm. So demonstrating that you can take a person with like let's say very minor charges, put them into a prison setting, they will take on that identity, and things will start to break down. Or p- giving people a lot of authority with like being a guard how they will start to put on that persona. And I believe I believe in these instances, it's always the alpha, male or female, if it's patriarchal or, or matriarchal, mm-hmm. that sets that tone because they've, they've done a few re, um, observation studies of baboons and baboons are really mean. They kill babies. They, yeah, they hurt the females. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a patriarchal society. Men are in charge of right. the baboon. Well, they'll put a baboon that's from a, a bad troop uh-huh. Uh, a mean troop into one where the alphas are like respectful mm-hmm. and they are more, you know, symbiotic. Right. And that, that baboon will start bad behavior mm-hmm. and the, um, the patriarchal 
baboons will essentially beat him up or tell him it's not okay. Mm -hmm. And then he'll fall in line with being respectful to children and women in that society. What? So I think it's the alpha. I think the Stanford experiment went so wrong because they had one guard, and you, if you watched the video, who was incredibly vindictive. Mm. And every other guard fell in line. And, and then it also made the, gave him legitimacy mm-hmm. and authority oh, okay, to essentially yeah. manipulate everybody With else. With that Yale study. Well, and, and wasn't there one where there was the, the male baboons were in charge of the troop, and then they all... Ate poison garbage or something. That, that was the one. That was the thing. Yeah, yeah. and then the but then the, the so it the became Bravo. a matriarchal. I'm saying that wrong. The ma- women ma- matriarchal. Became, yeah, it either became matriarchal or the Bravo, like the lower down baboons or who aren't as aggressive took over. Yeah. That was the study. Well, yeah, and we'll so, find that one. We'll talk about it next time. It's Cliffhanger. Very, but it was very cool because it changed the dynamic of the entire troop. The entire troop, which is nuts. And, and isn't that the one they brought in a bab? They brought it like would bring in a baboon. I think these are two different studies that okay. we're talking about. But but we did not very, we did not cool. do our research not on that on one the baboon studies. But it's very interesting this group mentality. Maybe we'll do one on group mentality too. Oh man, they got to come up with a whole different segment that oh, doesn't correlate no. with this. There's like a billion cool studies on this i know but but it is interesting that you can force someone essentially force them even though they feel like it's morally wrong into doing things like harming other people yep and we've proven that through our highly unethical studies that have tormented and tortured poor ivy league school kids (laughs) what are they gonna do they're just gonna go home and they're gonna they're gonna get their trust fund and sit around being depressed all the time (laughs) that is so sad that that's an atrocity (laughs) we'll start let's start a gofundme for these now old adults that's perfect okay all right that's all i got for history segment let's go into the science of moral mind games yes this is ones you play on yourself yes so no one's no one's out there manchurian candidating you no brainwashing you to do certain things i I, we can argue that you're kind of brainwashing yourself is what we're saying sir all right let's get into some science I want, I'm going to be saying a lot of different principles. I wasn't sure how to group this. Lots of principles that kind of move into one concept, but I'm going to just go through them and then it's going to tie together at the end. So, so we're going to be confused. A little bit until, until the, the end. very end. Yeah. Let, let's go. Let's well, do I hope this. not. But so what I want you to, to remember here is that it's our brains are kind of divided between rational executive functioning and that emotional piece. Right. right. They're not separate, but they but things kind of play into those two groups. We've talked about this before. You have your rational yeah. brain and your emotional brain. Yeah. Okay. So the idea of these mind games that we play with ourselves is, is a loss of rational thought. So we go we go emotional. We go emotional and it's very much in that reptilian brain that we're we're moving from. So the first thing is labeling good and bad. Like what is actually good, what is actually bad yes. because that's a very objective it changes on or a subjective, dime. Subjective, I'm sorry. Subjective. Yeah, it's it could, a subjective. It could change. Yeah. Okay. And and it's an opinion, and it's it's not that. So like French fries have gotten a bad rap. Okay. Right. I'm not promoting French fries, but people say they're a bad food, right? right? And they're not great for you, but it's it's that they they're just caloric, right? right. They're using oils that are being boiled past you know their boiling point. All this business. It's right? The whole egg argument: eggs are good, eggs are bad, eggs are yes. good again. Yeah, okay. it, they're they're actually they aren't good or bad. They just are. They just are a certain thing. Right. We label them as good or bad. Right. And okay. as humans, we want to simplify our lives. We want things to be more black and white. Because if I say eggs are bad, then I just avoid eating eggs. 
Right. Right. Makes sense. But if I say, oh, eggs are good as long as they're cooked a certain way or eggs are bad because of the yolk or whatever it is, then I have to sit there and process and make decisions on it. Right. But if I just make a blanket statement that they're good or bad, I don't have to have any of that. I just go with my gut, what I've decided. Makes sense. And yeah. I, I go with that. Right. So the, the thing is with this is that we also do this with ourselves. We label ourselves good and we label, label ourselves bad. Just all like generic, like I am good or I am bad. Right. And and so it, it maybe it's a behavior we do that we hate and then it becomes us because we don't say it's bad that I speed. Okay. Okay. It's bad that I speed. No, I, I'm a bad human because, because I, do I speed. Right. Okay. And so, so you, guilt, you guilt yourself because of your vices. Yes, exactly. And even having will willpower failure, like um, I eating the French fries. I really want oh, French yeah. fries. I know. That sounds delicious. Well, 545 in the morning. French it's fries sounds delicious. Delicious. No, but so we have a failure of our willpower. We guilt ourselves, label that we're bad. And therefore, we can just be bad and, and make bad decisions. Right. right. Because it's this idea with the, I already broke my diet. I will start again tomorrow. The problem is, is that we are not better humans the next day. The same person. We are the exact same person. So pretending that future us is going to have more willpower, be a better person, whatever, quote unquote, um, make better decisions, whatever, um, is it just doesn't make any sense. But it falls back on this black and white thinking of I'm good, I'm bad, I as a whole. Makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so suddenly, let's say that we broke our diet, we ate French fries, um, we have labeled ourselves as bad, right? Well, that, it, that makes sense. Like, we can be like, oh, I'm guilty myself, right? But here's the kicker. If we are really good, let's say that we have, we spent all week and we're on our, di- I'm using diets, but... It's okay. It could be any vice. You, you volunteered at your church and you, yeah, you did you, all the cool. You helped an old lady with her groceries. Mm-hmm. And you f- solved a really hard math problem at MIT. Yep. I get it. You you got it. You yeah. you did so good. Okay, so suddenly you're you're talking up yourself essentially. You got that positive self-talk, everything. You you've been labeled a good human, right? Well, when you do that, you get a little dopamine, just a little bump. Because, Uh-oh. oh, look at me, I did a good job, which is not a bad thing, mind you, but it's, you're like, yay, look at me. Well, suddenly you've done a lot of good things and your executive functioning prefrontal cortex starts to slow down a little bit. You did a good job. You don't need to continue to work hard. What? Yes. So if you're overly optimistic, your frontal executive functioning slows down. You start relying more on reptilian brain because you've already done the good things and you're more likely to have quote unquote bad behavior, break your diet, not study for the test, whatever it is, because you're so optimistic and so proud of yourself for being so good. Wait, wait. So you're telling me that if I am on cloud nine thinking that I am amazing, mm-hmm. I'm going to crash down and do some terrible stuff? In theory, yes. In theory, yeah. according to the research. If you're not conscious of it. Wow. Yeah. So, and it's the same thing as, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you have a big project to do. Sure. And then you make the to-do list of the things and you're like, ah, yeah, I did a good job. And then you don't work on the rest of the project. Yeah, I, I do that all the time. Because it's like, oh, I made my list. Look at me. I'm doing great, right? So then, and here's here's the thing that really gets people. You You come down, you crash you, you know, binge drink, you eat a bunch of bad food, you whatever you're going to do, 
right? That goes against whatever your goals are. You, you get a huge dopamine dump. When you're doing the bad stuff? Yeah. Well, think about it. Fats, fat foods, when you're, so fatty foods, sugar foods, salt, um, uh, sexual behaviors, so you, drugs, You get, you get a little dopamine dump for being great. Yes. Then you get a huge dopamine dump for being bad. For for those for those specific things, the vices, gambling. Like if right. if you kind of win in gambling, oh my goodness, it's awesome, sure. right? And and it's not proportionate to what you're doing, and it certainly doesn't typically doesn't go towards your goals. Well, so you, great. This is a depressing episode. It's How ag- we- but it's against yeah. So that's that reptilian brain. It's telling you. So you get all these things. You do a bad thing, quote unquote bad, and you get this dopamine um, dump. Okay, and then the next day you feel horrible because that executive functioning comes back up, and you realize, and you realize that you how, went, how poor your behavior's been. You okay. and it's going directly against whatever you were very optimistic about, typically. So if internal I internal conflict, yeah, exactly. So so isn't I mean isn't that just wild that our brain is set up for us to kind of fail a little bit? It it kind of is. Yeah. It also is set up for you just to be kind of a balanced person. Exactly. And this, this is, this is so my last point, and this is how I'm tying all this, all of these principles come into what's called the halo effect. Do you effect. see how the cogs come together with oh. me and you and our lack of communication? <laughs> so I'm just saying that we got this, we got a system. We do have a system. It's about balance. It's like lack of communication. <laughs> it's for you. Um, no, so you're bringing all of these pieces together into what's called the halo effect. Okay. Okay, so it's, they did this really funny experiment where they had a hamburger, a delicious hamburger. I think it was in and out. Probably. If I was going to think about that, right? And a hamburger, and they paired it with French fries, and they paired it with a salad. So people were more likely to say that it was less caloric, significantly less caloric, if it had a salad. Just the hamburger was Just less the hamburger, caloric. yeah, because yeah. the, the French fries and the salad were not part of this caloric guess. The salad absorbed some of the calories from happens? the burger. Yeah. yeah, there's lots of vitamins in salads, yep. so therefore... Yep. It takes away. It's nutrition. It's it very is. hard to know. It's very, <laughs> it very hard to understand. No, but people, it's this halo effect. The hamburger is sitting next to the salad. So therefore, it good, must be good. Which is good. Yeah, but that, it doesn't take away. The hamburger just is. It, the caloric. And that and that's the stripping away of rational thought. We are thinking completely emotional because suddenly we're like hamburger and it's fat and salt and it's delicious, right? Right. So that's an emotional reptilian brain response. And so therefore, we start to rationalize why we can have that hamburger. Oh, clearly there's a salad. So we put a good good and a bad on it. So Mm -hmm. we are justified in having whatever. Right. Or or we can shame ourselves for doing it later. Yes. And it's, and, and we get into these and we'll, we'll run through these every single day. Like we'll, we'll rationalize and, and Probably like hundreds of times a day, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, and, and we all do it to a certain extent and even writing this episode and I feel like I'm a fairly aware person, but I was like, oh, I am trying to rationally argue my way out of this where I was really good. I'm going to go ahead and have some Fungians, you know, and, and I sit there and I, I do that and it totally makes my brain feel okay with it. It makes, it makes perfect sense. Isn't that why, wild? Why we do the things we do. Mm-hmm. So Okay. So and and so I'm with that, with that um, halo effect. It's a big push now. Is the healthy halo, where you'll see it in a lot of dietary pieces. You'll see it with salads having ha- or hamburgers having salads and all of that. So, so it's they, really they interesting. Give you something bad, but they pair it with something good yeah. to make you feel a little bit better. You're giving your kids chicken nuggets and fries, but it comes with milk. 
and apples. And apples. So, but you're, but they they added the apples. They still give you the fries in the Happy Meal. Yeah, because nobody eats the apples. So, so now you just added 100 calories to your kid's meal. You didn't change anything. Exactly. Halo effect. Halo effect. Exactly. Those those McDonald's, they have to have a lab full of psychologists. Oh, they just absolutely tinkering, do. Probably from Yale and Stanford. Probably from where, Yale and Stanford. Where they're just tinkering away, getting, getting you to buy their food, manipulating you with the moral mind games. Yep. All right. Boom. So that's what we have for science. Yep. Interesting, interesting stuff. I love, I love. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So the action plan, you're going to teach us how to mind manipulate everybody else. Exactly. So then we are perfect. (laughs) Um, Because if they believe we're perfect, we're perfect. Exactly. And then we don't have to be good or bad. We just be perfect. Yes. That's 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 not the goal? That's an opinion. That's an opinion. That's right. Balanced. Okay. (laughs) But we're going to go in coffee segment. We're going to do action plan. I have no idea what we're going to do for action plan. Mm -hmm. What successful people do with moral mind games. Oh, I'll show you. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. So we'll get into that and we'll wrap this thing up. I drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee Trying to keep my sleepy soul awake But the sleepiness still comes along And when it does, it's fast and strong I end up with a bad case of the shakes Cock segment, we've done this before, this topic So if you've already heard it, just bear with We're going to go real quick through it I don't know what it is we're talking about caffeine because it's a mind-altering drug. Yeah, it's a great one, isn't it? it it's just, caffeine is... Great is, is an opinion. It just is. It is an opinion. That's right. Thing. Coffee's not good or bad. Coffee is just a, a thing. Yep. It's a brewed beverage mm-hmm. that contains a significant amount of caffeine mm-hmm. that you can That's either... That's a stimulant. You can make in your house or go spend $5 at your They're like six, local seven dollars, depending on how fancy you're getting. So, did you know that more than half the world's coffee is consumed in the United States? What? Half of the world's coffee is consumed in the United States, and this is from the Chicago Tribune. They know their coffee in Chicago. Yeah, they do. Just like their deep dish pizzas, <laughs> which is not good or bad. It's just it pizza, just is. and it's deep. That's just the, that's what I'm going to do from now on. It's just pizza, uh, and it's the, deep. The only the only country that drinks more coffee per capita mm-hmm. than us is the Swedes. They drink oh. coffee. Oh, Swedes. They drink coffee all it's the time. It's because it's hoogly. Yeah, because it's hoogly. Yeah. But, but did you know, so um, in 1946, we averaged 20 pounds of coffee for every adult person. Oh. Now it's less than nine pounds per person. What? We have been steadily decri- declining on wait, coffee drinks. Wait. On so coffee the, beans. The 20, you say 20 pounds? Uh-huh. 20 pounds and in what year was 46. That? In 1946. What? What does that mean? This is what I think is happening. All right. We used to drink the black cup of joe, right? Like I do. Like 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 we do, right? But I think lately people have been substituting their coffee drink for their sugary milkshake at Starbucks drink. Oh, well, yeah, because there'd be less coffee necessarily in it because right. you're adding the sugar and the it takes milk a, and quite such. a bit of coffee beans to like brew a pot of coffee. Yeah, you know, it doesn't take a ton of coffee beans to splash. make a little espresso shot. So you get a splash, splash of coffee flavor. Oh. I think that's what's going on. Anyway, here here we go. We're getting so, fancier. Yep. Um, so caffeine is a mind-altering drug primarily responsible for stimulating your brain. Um, the amount of coffee varies with each type of coffee. On average, like a ground coffee has 83 milligrams of caffeine per six-ounce cup. Nobody drinks a six-ounce cup of coffee. A six. How big is my coffee cup right now? Probably 10, 10 ounces, maybe 12. Yeah, and it's if kind of a big one. If you can fit a Coke can in your cup, that is 12 ounces. 
So you're probably talking 150 milligrams of coffee or of caffeine per cup of coffee. Oh my gosh. A lot of people are drinking a lot of cups of coffee. Drinking multiple cups of coffee and 300 is like the safe limit. Yeah. Beyond, beyond that, you start getting like not palpitations. Yeah, not, 300, not, not 600. 600. Okay. Yep. Okay. Instant coffee has less. So if you want to go what? into your... Instant coffee has less? Your Maxwell or Folgers and you have only have 60 milligrams in a six ounce. And decaf, no no caffeine, right? No, it does. Wrong. Yeah, it does. Three <laughs> milligrams. Just a baby amount. So if, you're, if your heart, your ticker can't take any because you think caffeine's bad, even though it's neutral and just an item... Don't drink decaf coffee because yeah. it's still got a little bit in it. Mm, um, and then, sense. yeah, so so tea's got caffeine, 13 to 27 milligrams in a five ounce serving. Um, so you got to think if you drink a couple, couple cups of tea instead saying, oh, I'm not getting that caffeine effect. Yes, you are. You're going to get caffeine. Right, depending on the tea, I bet too. Like there's various. Yep. So it can stimulate your, your brain. Um, it can add in calorie burning in your body and mm. it can also stimulate your heart muscle and that's why caffeine makes you get the palpitations oh, in your chest. and that's that's why much. a lot of times they say caffeine at night makes you not sleep yeah it's because it can stimulate things like your heart muscle to pump harder and faster and it's hard to fall asleep when yeah like you don't happen. you don't go into that slower yep. heart rate oh that's very interesting yep but did you know this too what and I know we say nothing's good, nothing's bad, but this is pretty good. And this is a proof that coffee is on the good spectrum. Tell me. Is now they're taking caffeine to use and treat premature babies who have attacks of apnea. Oh, babies. Yeah. So like you got your little caffeine, baby little coffee. and then you give them a little black coffee. And yeah, like, that's not how they administer. This is delicious. And then, is then he also a smoker? That most premiums are smokers. Oh gosh, okay. So because they're they're so good because they're struggling for life and they're working so hard, mm-hmm. they have that little dopamine dump and then boom down to smoking. Yeah, sure. They feel real guilty like and then they're back to neutral. So anyway, that's all I got for. That's sorry, I'm we're way off tangent. Um, oh, that's, way on a tangent. So that's kind of interesting. I mean, it makes sense because if you're trying to get a a relatively safe stimulant, if you really reduce that, I mean, you could use it for. Yeah. Babies and yeah, there's a there's a whole bunch, bunch of potential of uses besides waking you up in the morning because your life is groggy, or using it before you work out by pumping a bunch of it in your pre workout. Right, so, right, exactly. That's caffeine. That's coffee. That's amazing. Yeah, we're running out of coffee segment ideas. So well, please. we're gonna get some. We're gonna get some coffees to review. Yeah, and but such. S- send us information if you're like, hey, I got, I, I have a coffee question kills. about coffee. Yeah, or hey, I found a great article about this coffee something or other send it to us let us know that'd be great we'll talk about it to the masses and we'll give you credit and maybe a hat we don't have we hats don't yet. have hats you'd have to i'm like much one gonna... of my hats like a personal hat in my closet <laughs> like doesn't so have anything <laughs> let's go into action let's go into action plan and let's get back into moral mind games and we'll tell people how to use this habit successfully let's hope you make the most of it my boy first off Stop labeling things good or bad. Right, okay. They're not good or bad. They just are. Okay. But pay attention to the ones that you really label. So like the things, and specifically the things that you end up doing that are quote unquote bad. So like if I, oh, I don't know. What is something bad? Like if really I speed, bad? Like murder? No, not like, I'm not talking about like Can I say that murder universal. is neither good nor bad? It's just Okay, murder? yes, yeah. I'm I'm talking about like living real life. How many of us are murdering people on a regular basis? Uh, there's some Dexters out there. You There's don't like know. a two percent 
Two per you think two percent of people are murderers? Well, I don't know. Like if you're breaking the law and like running around, not two percent. That seems really high. Wow. Never mind. But there was, I, isn't there a certain amount of serial killers in the United States functional at any given time? I thought it was like eight. Are you looking at your conspiracy websites again? Oh, stop! It's, it's get, not. It's unsolved mysteries, and I know every <laughs> single person. That's why I can't watch that show. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're on. Um, I'm again. so sorry. Okay, no, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about murder. I'm talking about like speeding, eating bad food, right? Um, um, getting explosively angry. Okay, that right. kind of so stuff. You're labeling. Day, the, we're talking about successful habits, so things we do every day. Yes. Okay. That you're labeling good or bad, and just kind of tr- trying to strip that away a little bit. Not where, waking up early, not exercising, those kind of things. Oh, good, that's bad. bad. Okay. Yeah. But, All right. Or I got up this morning. That's good. Like, okay. It is good. And it's in it, but you're doing it as a long-term habit. Just is. Yeah, it just is. And that's the kicker. We're trying to make it just a general rule and we're trying to manipulate our own brains into being okay with it. This is why diets don't work. 30-day diets, 60-day diets, 90-day diets, whatever, right? Because you have a time frame. You're just trying to like, ooh, white knuckle to that time frame. You feel like you're doing good. You get that little dopamine dump. Yep. And then you're like, ooh, 90 days are out. I can have myself a donut. And you go right back to the bottom. Exactly. Okay. So that we're trying to avoid this. Instead, we're making this a lifelong habit. And, and a good example of this would be like, I would want to be vegetarian, let's say. Okay. So, but I'm having a really hard time. I just keep eating the beef. The bacon. Yep. I love the bacon. Love it, right? Right. So instead of just being like, I'm, you know, making an all or nothing kind of thing where I'm a vegan all the time, I'm going to kind of baby step into it. So I am a vegan before dinner. For dinner, I can eat some sort of meat, right? And, and you can say like, well, if you're a vegan, you're still eating meat. But to be honest with you, that's a good or bad statement. Right. Because if you just don't eat any meat products before dinner, right. that just is. You and just the, are that thing. And depending on your moral reasoning, that could be a good thing. Like if you're reducing meat intake, yeah. right? And and then, and then you can start, once you've gotten that solid and that's just your life, then you can start trying to eliminate and continue forward. But but just trying to make this realistic for you. Because if you keep failing, it's not doing anything for your cause. Okay. Okay. So don't don't go for that that ultimate top bar. Don't strive for perfection. Strive for progress. Yes. Pro- exactly. Okay. Exactly that. So we're trying to implement that. And like most long-term goals, I want you to set up reminders for yourself. Um, let your fellow family members and friends know what you're doing so that they can support you in it and really trying to emphasize that where you're, you're making a hard and fast rule, but it's not so stringent that it's, you can't be successful at it. All right. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Do not be overly optimistic about stuff. I am not very optimistic human. Are you an optimistic human being? I'm a, I'm a half, I'm a cup is awful kind of guy. No, you're not. Yep. <laughs> in fact, I cut, I cut the cup in half just so I can be full. Oh, I like that's, it. That's my Wow. Optimism. No, I'm pretty, I'm pretty in the middle. Like sometimes I'm optimistic and sometimes I hate everything and I'm, I'm super shaming of myself. So I probably, probably, fall, probably, I probably do the same thing. I probably jump up way high optimism and then way low in real, self-pity. Real, yeah, exactly. And, and we all kind of do that. I, I would say that some folks fall into more optimistic, more... Uh, what's the opposite? Pessimistic. That? Pessimistic. That's that's the word. Um, I need more coffee. <laughs> I need more stimulant. Um, but one of the rules that I think is really interesting that you've started doing is when you try to do a project, like um, change the brakes. You were going to change the brakes on the car, right? Right. Um, you said, it's probably going to take me three hours, which means it's really going to take me six. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be 50 bucks and take me three hours. So 
I go, no, it's going to cost me $100 and it's going to take me six hours. Yeah. I, just, I double it. Yeah. So that's... And then when it takes me three days, I'm like, I knew it would be longer than I originally <laughs> thought. Well, but but even in that specific scenario, it didn't take you six hours to do the breaks. No. You know, yeah. and I mean, I think it was a hundred bucks, so that was very realistic. But, right. um, but that's the thing is that you're bringing reality back in to your optimism. Okay. Because emotionally, we think we can do a lot of things last minute, and we rock it, right? But we don't. But we want to bring all of that reality in. Now, if you bring in your reality, and you're like, yeah, there's no way that this is gonna take three hours. Like this is gonna be kind of easy. And it realistically, let's say you're really good at breaks, you do breaks every day, it's probably not gonna take you six hours. So there's no reason to go to that point, right? And, and for those of you out there, the the macho guys or ladies doing your own breaks, you're like, it took him six hours to replace I did other stuff. I like <laughs> I bled the brake lines and I and I did some caliper yourself. work. So it wasn't like I didn't take six hours to just do the okay, Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Did I have I... to defend my manhood because I'm labeling that as good or bad. Me exactly. as a mechanic makes me good or bad. Yeah. But it just it is. It just is. It just yeah, it, it, took it, me, just... it took me six hours to change brake pads. Anyway, keep going. It's like, it did not, did it? No, we don't care. No, it's like, <laughs> no one cares about her. People care about how long it took That's you to That season do four is talking about mechanics of, of automobiles. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> okay but we're good. not there yet. Keep going. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. We'll keep going. Okay. So bringing reality back in, and I, w- I want you to bring, because we want to pay attention to emotion. We want to know what's happening there, but we have to be realistic. If I'm tired, I've had a long day, I am going to want fast food. My frontal executive functioning is going to be off. Like I'm going to be moving on emotion much quicker. And so I want to try to bring reality in however that is. So, so do you, do you just like identify it so you don't do it or are you just okay that it happens? I think it depends on the situation. Okay. So like I'm, I'm tired after work yeah. and I want fast food, but I know that I've got a healthy meal I'm able to cook at home. Right. It's going to take me a little more time, a little more energy. Right. I'm just going to stop and get the fast food. Do I label that so I understand why I want fast food mm-hmm. and then have that help me make the decision? So, so here's the thing. You are setting yourself up for failure, right? Because you have to go home and cook something and you're already tired. You're not going to do that. You're going to stop and get fast food. The thing is, is if you don't label the fast food as good or bad, the dopamine dump typically is not as big. Oh, so if we don't say like those fries taste so good or oh, that soda is yeah. so deliciously quenching. Yeah. We, if we don't have those labels with it, yeah. it's just soda is cold water with sugar in it. You say, okay, well, I don't really need that because you don't get that same dopamine response. It it just if if you're if you have all that guilt and all that shame and there's a lot of emotion that back it, you're more likely to have a heavier dopamine dump around it. Oh, so I, I don't have to say like that soda is delicious and and amazing, but it's so bad for me. And so then you and fight, and then you oh, fight this because yeah, you're, you're going to get between. dopamine either way. Yeah, and and you will get a certain response. amount. It's it's right. fat and salt. Like right. your body's and like, sugar. yay, let's. Oh yeah. yeah, and there's sugar. Yeah, and that's why it, all those products are paired together okay. is because it fulfills that um, reptilian brain. But if for we us. take a soda for what it is, which is essentially ice, water, and a sugar syrup, right? That's all it is. Right. It's just you know sugar calories in a cup. Mm-hmm. It's not good or bad. I mean, if we're starving for calories, yeah, sure sugar is an immediate source of energy. Right. You know, we just look at that. Or if I already have calories and I don't need any excess calories, well, that's just extra fuel that I'm putting in my body. My body's going to store somewhere. Mm-hmm. That makes sense where it's like, yeah, a soda's not as appealing 
because it's not as emotional, right? Yes, because okay. you, you're not attaching all of that emotion to it. And and for whatever reason, and I'm, I'm sure there's people who have better explanations than I do, your dopamine dump is not as heavy. So let's say you, you go, you get it, it just is what it is, you're hungry, right? And then you go home and then you come up with a plan to make yourself successful later on. Maybe you pre-make that meal so that you just, so, all you have so to you do find, is get home. You find your good and bad items. Like mm-hmm. these things are, I'm really good when I do these and I'm really bad when I do these. Yep. And then you label and identify them and then you set yourself up with a, a, an action plan to avoid those in the future. Yes. If I'm a smoker, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I, I replace that smoking with a, a healthier habit, an exercise or a gym or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or I drink a glass of water when I want it, whatever that mm-hmm. is. So I have a protocol in place is what we're, what yes, we're doing. Yes, yes. Okay. And you're, so you're trying to create that long-term protocol, right? And then the last thing I want you to be aware of is that halo effect and what you're doing um, to feed into that. So Instagram, it's a thing. It's a fad, whatever. It's happening, right? It's, but we look, we sit there and scroll through these pictures of beautiful white and you know gray houses and they have their little powder pink pillows and we're like oh my gosh they can do no wrong look at those matching outfits that's adorable that's a halo effect that that person is still a person right and so maybe we see that and then we want to buy the product and then we're shocked when we find out that they have three duis sure right but so it's it's paying attention to what we're haloing essentially like well i'm getting a hamburger every day but i'm getting also getting a salad well okay but you're still eating a hamburger Okay. Right. Yeah. So, so paying attention to what you're kind of putting this little halo on and trying to strip that away and just making it more realistic. Again, make, bringing in that reality t- that it just is. It just is. Mm-hmm. It's not good or bad. That's the takeaway from here. Yes. Assess things for what they actually are. Yes. With no emotional attachment or labeling. Well, acknowledging it, but yeah. just, but being aware that that's what you're doing. But yeah. Okay. Yep. Just like everything else, we got to do that self-assessment. Yep. All right. So that's moral mind games. Mm-hmm. So go out there, do some manipulative experiments on some people. On try, you. Try to on get in, your, you. in their brains. You can probably do it on yourself. Try to try to balance yourself <laughs> in the middle, right? Exactly. And then to try to identify things not as good or bad, just as they are. Yep. Go out there. Build a better you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>